Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show. So so my wife got mad at me a while ago for not looking at her in the movies. What? I paid $10 to see that movie. I can see her at home for free, right? Okay, well, don't tell her I said that. How men and women approach relationships differently. That's up next on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Republican National Convention was brought to order today, but with unsure weather from Tropical Storm Isaac, the convention didn't get very far. The gavel came down to open the convention, and just 30 seconds later... The 2012 Republican National Convention stands in recess. RNC Chairman Reince Priebus dropped it again, a quick end to what was supposed to be a full day of pageantry here at the Tampa Bay Times Forum, but instead was cut short because of Isaac. Still, many delegates crowded near the stage to cheer the convention's official open and stayed to watch a Mitt Romney video on the jumbo screen. Sagar Megani, Tampa. Dangerous weather from Isaac has dodged the convention so far, but it may be on a collision course with New Orleans, just one day shy of Hurricane Katrina's seven-year anniversary. Isaac has not strengthened as much as expected, but National Hurricane Center Director Rick Nabb says it's so big it doesn't matter. It'll still send a wall of water across a huge area of the Gulf Coast. The storm surge potential on the coastlines of Alabama, Mississippi, and in southeastern Louisiana is 6 to 12 feet above ground level. He says it's life-threatening, and Isaac is moving so slowly that even far inland days of rain could bring flooding that's also life-threatening. A lot of people die in cars when they get into flooded roads. It's just a very dangerous situation that's often underestimated. FEMA says lessons of Katrina have made the response now much better, but it still depends on people taking personal responsibility for preparedness. I'm David Melendi. Apple is becoming even more profitable after winning a patent case against Samsung over the weekend. Apple stock opened at a record high on the first trading day after it won a California patent infringement suit against Samsung. Shares topped $680 before falling back. Apple's market capitalization is already the highest in the world. The verdict and the judgment that Samsung owes Apple a billion dollars in damages could be a setback to all makers of smartphones and tablets. Samsung stock sank in South Korean trading. The company says it will appeal Friday's ruling. Warren Levinson, New York. Police in Britain launched a massive search effort over the weekend that employed multiple helicopters and dozens of officers trying to find an unlikely target. They've deployed armed officers, heat-seeking helicopters, and tranquilizer-armed experts from the local zoo. Police in the English county of Essex say they're taking no chances since they heard from a husband and wife about a big cat ambling through a field. A cat they say looked like a female lion. Where the beast might have come from is a mystery. All the zoo's animals have been accounted for, and police say a local circus isn't missing any big cats. Sightings prompted a media frenzy in Britain with a Daily Mail tabloid newspaper splashing a big picture of a snarling lion across its front page. Kyle McKinnon, London. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on our show every Monday through Friday to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier lives. 
healthier, happier relationships. Welcome to the show, everybody. I uh, am so excited about this topic. Today is the day we are going to um, unleash the Kraken. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounded really cool. We're going to try to figure out um, some of the differences between men and women when it comes to dating and romance and uh, just relationships. It seems like we are so different. For example, my wife. Married to her 22 years, 21 years, but I guess I better get that right. 21 years, love her to death, cutest gal in the world. And uh, she said to me a while ago, you know, you, you never look at me in when we're watching a movie. And I said, okay, <laughs> what do you mean? She says, you, you, I look at you when, when I watch the movie. And I'm like, I know, and it's kind of creepy. Uh, but what she does is she wants me to look at her at specific times during the movie so that we can share the moment. And like a funny time, she'd like that I look over and we laugh, you know, in sync. And so, you know, okay, I'll, I'll try that. So we went to a movie. You may have heard of it. It's called 2700 Dresses. Um, it actually, I think it was only 27, but it felt like 2,700 dresses. And in the movie, uh, I was like neurotic because I kept looking over at her like, now, should we look now? Are we looking now? Because I'm looking at you now. Is now working for you? And <laughs> she just never looked at the right time. And it was the longest movie in my life. So I've been trying to figure out why, what's with needing to look. Okay. I mean, I bought you the ticket for crying out loud. You're in the movie. Get off my back. Um, another time, one time, I pulled up, same movie, by the way, I pulled up front to the movie theater to let her out. And I said, just go get in line right there, and then I'll just go park the car. We were on a date. And she says, well, I thought we were on a date. And I'm like, yeah, we, we are on a date. And the date will begin as soon as you get out of my car and go get in line. And I park the car. Then I'll come get in line with you. Then those people that are walking up to the ticket booth, they won't be ahead of us. Okay, then the date will begin. And she's like, no, we'll go park together. <sighs> Whatever. I tried. Okay. You try to be efficient and she just wants to be all connected. So we are going to be talking about that. The differences in our relationships uh, between um, men and women. What? How do we see it differently? We're bringing on a relationship coach, Val Baldwin. Uh, she was an ABC TV personality and... Uh, just a great coach, a great person, a corporate trainer and speaker, and she's going to help unleash the Kraken. I don't know. We shouldn't call them the Kraken. Uh, she's just going to help us understand the opposite sex and maybe try to figure out what we're doing in our relationships that's working and maybe not. Now, of course, I don't have to tell you that when it comes to men and women, you know, we just go about dating differently. Men and women apparently see it entirely differently. Last year, I took a psychology of gender class, and on several occasions, I nearly lost all faith in humanity. One day, the professor asked for some perceptions of the opposite gender. I would like to note that none of the guys said a word during this time. We all smelled the trap immediately. But there were several uses of things like one-track mind or simple-minded used to describe guys. Guys are simple-minded. Let's just see where the idea comes from. A guy's life isn't that complex. Let's compare morning routines. Guys wake up, shower, run a comb through their hair, and put on shorts and a t-shirt and head out the door. 
Now, every village has its idiot, but all of us, really? Even the married girls were saying this. Now, doesn't that relationship sound delightful? While the morning routine for a girl involves lots of crucial decisions, like, how should I do my hair? What pants go with this shirt? And does my nail polish work with this outfit? It's difficult to live in such a complex world when every decision is analyzed for future consequences. And I've heard a few theories to make sense of all this, like benevolent sexism, building guys up to be less than women, or the constant media portrayal of guys only ever having one thing in mind all the time. So the easy conclusion is that guys are simple-minded because they lead simple lives. But guys are quite complex. Maybe not in the same way women are, but we definitely are not all simple-minded. Guys, why do some of you act like you like every girl on the planet? As a girl, I don't expect a guy to open my doors for me or talk to me longer than two minutes unless he's interested. So what is up with you talking to me for an hour, giving me a hug, and then turning around and making cookies for my roommate? You need to pick one. Guys just can't be nice to every girl. You have to have a favorite. Or here's a situation I see too often. Guy asks a girl out for a second date. And even when she is not interested, she will agree to it. Do you boys understand how awkward it is to randomly be asked out by someone you haven't even noticed until that moment? I mean, you never know when it's coming or who will ask you out. When taken by surprise, of course we say yes. But leading them on is so much worse. I cannot comprehend why girls do this, but I see it happening all the time. Just throw down the rejection. Everything will work out better for everyone involved. Why do you decide to ask my roommate if I like you before even asking me out on a first date? No one needs to play the middleman. How old are we, 14? If you like me and you want to know if I like you, just ask me. Or there's this friend zone. I'm not sure why the friend zone exists, and about this I've heard other theories as well, but none of them are consistent and I'm not convinced. Why can't I just be your friend? You know I'm not interested in dating you, but we still laugh together. So what's wrong with having an extra friend? Especially one who knows about cars and can reach things that are high. For some reason, girls will take a perfectly dateable guy and designate him to a zone from which there is no escape. But what's worse, these guys will turn into doormats for these girls because they have hope that they might be able to get out. One day, you think that I'm the greatest thing on the planet and give me a hug goodnight, and the next thing I know, you aren't talking to me. Don't you boys understand that it's your job to show interest in me? I can't just chase you. You do that. And the worst part... When these girls get asked what they want in a guy, they say things like, I want a guy who's sensitive, who understands me, who will be there for me, who's funny, on and on and on, those things we hear a lot. And while she says this, I see her friend-zoned guy painting her fingernails with a look on his face that is the result of him dying inside a little bit more, realizing that he is all of those things for her and more. Girls understand that it takes courage for a boy to ask a girl out. And we think about those things. We hate hurting people's feelings. Right. But you do it anyway. <laughs> evil, evil girls. Hey, we're talking about dating and our differences. It's a wonder that any of us ever get married when we think of how complicated all of this is. Um, it's also interesting. It all This explains why most of the people that work on my staff are all single, because apparently uh, they're all caught up in these 
illusions about our differences, what we're expecting. Are men that simple? Are women that complex? We're going to be bringing on uh, one of our relationship coach experts, Val Baldwin, is going to be joining us to help us untangle the web of uh, dating relationships, romance, and the male-female difference right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Glowing bacteria could light the way to innovative pollution sensors. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Bacteria can do a lot more than mess up your egg salad sandwich. They can create a unique biological and chemical sensor that can monitor the environment and warn you of toxic compounds, and maybe even tell you if that sandwich you left unrefrigerated is still okay. Bioengineers at UC San Diego have modified living bacteria to emit periodic flashes of light. The flashing is random, like fireflies, but the bioluminescent bacterial colonies can be manipulated using gases to reset and unify their internal clocks. That makes them flash together at regular intervals. The colonies live on small glass chips, making groups of 50 or 60 million little glowing dots. In the experiments conducted at San Diego, these biopixel sensors will change their flash rate based on the amount of arsenic in a sample. While there are already chemical methods for this kind of testing, they typically work only once and use up their reaction ability. But the biopixel chip could measure samples over a longer time and tell you if they're getting worse or better. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Support for BYU Radio comes from DEX. Need something local and need it now? Dex has it in the book at DexKnows.com or on your mobile phone. Current local info, reviews, and advice. Dex, results for the here and now. BYU Radio is your home for Cougar sports. And after each weekend's action, don't miss True Blue. Each week, join hosts Dave McCann and the entire True Blue team as they bring you highlights, analysis, and interviews from all the major BYU sports. New episodes air every Monday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time with repeats Tuesdays at 12.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Here on the home of Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're uh, talking the differences between men and women today, trying to figure out when it comes to dating, relationships, romance, what are they really thinking and why do they think that way? Uh, and we're going to be bringing on one of our experts uh, to talk about that. Val Baldwin's joining us, uh, and we'll bring her on in a minute. But before we do, the roles of men and women obviously have been changing both inside and outside of the home for years now. Here's Corinne Collins reporting on what some might see as an unusual couple. When asked to prepare this piece about how married couples see different roles, I immediately thought of my friends Ashley and Jeff. So I went up to Salt Lake to interview them and ask them how their marriage functions according to traditional gender roles and the ways in which it doesn't. In school, so I'm the one working, I have my master's degree, I have a full-time professional job, you know, I bring home the bacon. (laughs) 
It's about 50-50, but I, I might even cook a little more often than she does. It's easier for me to plan meals and prepare dinner before she gets home from work. And you like doing that? Yeah, absolutely. I love cooking. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. I probably, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more meticulous about like keeping the kitchen and getting uh, utensils and tools to use in the kitchen and um, trying crazy recipes and, and sort of, um, you know, throwing dinner parties for friends and, I mean, I even like decorate the apartment mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and think more about the aesthetics of our living space and, and things like that. He cleans a lot more than I do. He's usually the one who... Um, does the dishes, cleans the kitchen, straightens up things, and, and actually he, um, he cares about that stuff more than I do. I mean, if you compared our cars, <laughs> my car is haphazard and <laughs> very messy, um, and he is very straight and organized, and if he spent too much time in my car, I think he would go insane. It's not a matter of needing me for financial reasons. That's that's not what our marriage is about. She needs me for other reasons. I'm not that, that type of provider at this point in our relationship. That probably is the most surprising thing to people about, about our relationship. We both volunteer to do the things that we enjoy doing more. Um, and we do a lot of things together. Like Jeff said, we cook together and we clean together. And we do some things that are more like chores together as a team. And we will set aside time together to do them. And people make, you know, weird jokes about our relationship all the time. And not in a hurtful or mean way, um, but that it's just not what people are used to seeing, I, I guess. I'm this very open and vocal feminist, and so I think people put me in this crazy feminist category that can't have any feminine qualities whatsoever. And so people are surprised, people that know me are surprised that I love to cook and <laughs> that my husband and I cook together and that I can be nurturing as well as feminist. If the woman is a caretaker in the house, no one gives it a second thought that like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sure she's contributing in the in the best way that they need, and that that's what their what's that's what their family needs. Um, but if it, if the roles are reversed, people take a second look and they're really sort of their brows furrow and they they wonder, you know, well, why isn't he why isn't he working? Why isn't he making more money than she is? You know, is that is there a problem? Like, what's wrong with him? I'd say that our roles are, are very fluid, that, that there's not a prescription. Even where we are now, it's just what we need right now. And that, you know, we've discussed things changing in the future. Um, if Ashley decides that she wants to pursue a PhD after, you know, she's, she's finished with her master's and she's considering applying for PhD programs, if that did happen, then the workload roles would have to change and um, the financial situation would have to change and that's it's all it's all based on the needs of the two individuals that comprise our marriage and whatever we're bringing to the table um, at any given time is you know taken into the assessment of what needs to be done at, at, on a, any given day really yeah I think Jeff sums it up really well I think it's um, about current need and about just supporting one another and figuring it out together so 
really is the spirit of a healthy relationship, I think, is being able to just, you know, to be diverse enough to go where your partner needs you to go and be, you know, different and be able to adapt. And that's what we're talking about is how you deal with these differences between men and women. Um, Again, it doesn't always have to be like gender role differences because, you know, anybody can cook, anybody can clean. But apparently there are some differences and maybe some of them are gender related and maybe some of them are just, you know, for some reason my wife wanted to look at me and, you know, connect to me while watching a movie. Uh, And I thought just going to the movie was good enough. But now she actually wants to talk. So uh, we brought on uh, one of our experts, Val Baldwin. Now, Val Baldwin is a just uh, she's a relationship coach. She has a lot of TV locally here in Utah. She also did a lot up in Portland when she lived up there up in the Northwest. She's a mom of two beautiful kidlets. Uh, Well, they're not kidlets anymore. (laughs) They're all grown up. Married 30 plus 33 years. Oh, yeah. So you know how to do this. Oh, yeah, I do. I do. And that's why this is that's why this is my passion. Yeah. Cuz it's not that we're perfect. Heck, no. no. Well, I heard Heck you no. were perfect as a couple. Um, no. No. We have our ups and downs, but I love that guy and he yeah. loves me. And that's why 11 years ago, I was I've been in the corporate world uh, 20 years doing training and development yeah, and all kinds of variety of things and then I I decided, you know what? I want to go back to school and be certified in relationship coaching and to help couples yeah. have better lives and relationships and why is mine working? Others aren't. So, but you know, we need it because hello, we just assume does. it's going to be easy. No, it's not. We are no. wired differently. That men and Va- Mars thing, or Venus and Mars thing. I mean, there's some serious no, there's credibility some, to that. Absolutely, and there's so much re- research done that small children, just from very early ages, they show these huge strengths in being faint. Male or female, yeah. either way. And and as we're speaking today, of course, it's not um, – if you don't fit in your category right. every single time, who cares? No, and right. it doesn't matter. But but there are such strong trends. Oh, yeah. See, I was raised by four women. And oh. my father – my parents divorced, so I was in the home with four yeah, women. Yeah. And they warped my brain. Well, they must have. Because they, they're different. They don't they – don't, like I They don't think like I do. No. And here's the thing, Matt. I'm sure you'll agree with this with all your expertise. Is the one thing that I want people to understand today – the one thing that I want them to take away is, yes, are we wired different? Yes. Does that cause confusion? Absolutely. And frustration? Yeah. But we need each other. We need Absolutely. both sides to work together as a wonderful team. Yeah. We can't all be experts in everything. And, and why would we want to be? And why would we want to be? And we can't. And it's a matter of showing respect and understanding. And that's yeah. the first step is having that understanding and that knowledge. Yeah. It's not to point out the difference as much as that we've got to learn to blend. We've got to exactly. learn to appreciate, to celebrate the differences. Yes. So what are some of the wiring okay. issues? Yes, how, yes, how, yes. And, and, and two, we'll get into the romantic <laughs> side of this as well. Okay. But one of the first – I mean I, I've got a whole presentation that takes an hour and a half on this. But one, one of the really key things that's such a huge aha moment for men and women is one of the differences is how we deal with stress. Yes. Okay? Let's talk about women, number <laughs> one. Okay? And guys, buckle up. You need to know this. Mm-hmm. This is going to answer so many questions. When women are under stress, they're frustrated, they're upset, they don't, they don't know what to do. They need to vent – True. They need to talk about it. Now, men are wired to solve the problem. Just that they, fix Wait, it. Well, move on. Fix it. You're stress, talking. She believe. must want me to, to fix this. Otherwise, why would she be talking? Heck no. Right. She needs to vent. She needs to. That's why 96% of all women will pick up the phone or they will go see a female friend. True. You want to know why? Why? Because they will. 
they'll get the result that they want. Their friends, their female friends will go, oh, really? Oh, oh my gosh. I'm so sad. sorry. Oh, Debbie. Oh, that happened to me one time. Oh, Isn't my that gosh. Interesting? That's and that's true. what another female will do. We're not going to try to solve it. We're going to show empathy. Yeah. Why would we want? Well, let's just see that. That just happened. My son broke his arm. Okay. I got to the hospital and now I was in the middle of a speech. At the end of the speech, somebody told me, your son just went to the hospital with a broken arm. And he actually went in an ambulance, which, okay. you know, was neat because it cost a lot of money for a broken uh, yeah. arm. He yeah. could have walked, but whatever. <laughs> um, but by the time I got there, my wife was stressed out of her head. Of course. And so she was just kind of sitting in the corner. Um, no one to vent to. No, no one, one to, to vent to. Well, but she was texting. Oh, okay. And her phone was going off the hook. Of course it was. Now, no one was calling me. Heck no. Uh, but I was the one just sitting there dealing with the doctors, talking to my son, connecting, doing exactly. all of the so, – but it was just activity. I just kind of got busy. Yeah. And she just got talking. She needed to talk to somebody about it. It was really interesting. It. But it, it was yeah. amazing because she – She's just answering everyone's questions, yeah. getting the social. I mean, by the time the next day came around, we had food coming in to our house for some odd reason. Pretty nice. We had people bringing <laughs> treats. And I mean, it was amazing. That's good. It's cool. So what what I tell women to do and also men, if they hear their lady venting, you know, just say, hey, sweetie, you seem to be really upset about this. Do you want me to, to just listen or do you want me to help you solve this? Oh, that's good. Ask nice. it. And then yeah. and the lady might not even realize it. She'd go, you know what? I just want you to yeah. care and to listen. Then, guys, you're off the hook. You can just pretend that you're listening and think about something else. See, you, you know what? To. That's huge. <laughs> I personally would just say, do you want a hug? Do you want a kiss? Yeah. Do you want to go kiss? We can go kiss. That's right. But then she doesn't want to kiss. She yeah. just wants to talk about she it. She wants to talk about it. That's, that's not it. So it's a venting process. It's a venting process. And ladies... If you're the one who needs to vent, then tell your guy, honey, I don't want you to solve this. Just yeah. pretend you're interested and listen to me. Mm-hmm. Just no- And guys, nod your head. But you know what? The guys listen like that because if we head. don't we, – otherwise, we hook. don't know what you want. So if you okay. tell me you just want to vent, okay. Then say, wow, I, can do that. I completely understand. That's Show empathy. Great. Don't say, you're an idiot. You're overreacting. Okay. No, otherwise, yeah. you're, you're sleeping in the So she the, doesn't the want my room. critique right then. No. Are you sure, Val? No. Because I always kind of like to do that. That's be- because that's what your your guy. <laughs> well, why? Because that's one of the parts is that guy. Why would we want to sit there and talk about something that's bad? Because guys, we just lived it. Okay, here's another way. It's to, horrible. Here's another way to think about it. Women communicate for rapport. Yeah. Building connections, showing emotions, showing support. Men communicate to report. To uh, yeah. you're, check you're, in. Here's the facts. Here's, where I am. here's what I I'm am. Better than ne- you. Negotiate yeah. whatever yeah. the case is. That's why they talk. So when they hear a woman going into this venting stage, your automatic reaction is, "I better solve this problem. Otherwise, yeah. why would they be talking? Why are they bringing it up to me if they didn't want me to fix it?" And the, exactly. And the women are going, "Okay, that's annoying. Could you just just show me?" It must me be you so care? demeaning to them because it's almost like, "Oh, okay, shh." Yeah, I'll Here's take your care answer, of this, honey. Babe. Exactly. Just shush now. But now you understand. So let okay. the woman That's vent yeah. and acknowledge her venting and understand and show sympathy. And yep. women, if you need to vent, then tell your guy. Tell well, your- and, and I guess, too, women can know that if I'm trying to solve your problem, I'm not trying to put you down. No! I just am doing what I do naturally. Exactly. But so when you tell me, hey, don't solve this. Yeah. just I know you're smart. Yeah. I know you're capable, I just strong. Need to- Rugged man. Or that's girls, good. go pick up the phone and talk to another girl because that's, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. I love that advice. Yeah. yeah. It's, it really Boy, helps. that's a serious difference though. Um, yeah. Because that's the traditional – maybe when she come, when the husband comes home and she's like, hey, how was your day? She's not actually looking for a report. She's looking for rapport. Exactly. She wants she's showing to talk. She cares. Yeah. And he's like, fine. 
Yeah, so now good. the one word answer. So let's get to the other side. Yeah. Okay. Men, and this is from men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but mm-hmm. this is priceless information as well. When a guy is under stress, or maybe he's just coming home at the end of the day, whatever the case is, or he had something happen bad on the weekend, whatever, he doesn't want to talk about it. He needs cave time. Yeah. When my son and husband found out that I learned this, they were doing cartwheels they of love joy. It? Because, okay, here's the difference. Here's the difference. Time. You bet. Cave time means they just need to be quiet. They don't want to be inundated with questions I like the minute that. you see them. And maybe cave time is you need to read the newspaper when you get home. Yeah. Maybe you want to go on the computer. Maybe you just want to watch TV for a while. You don't want to talk yet. Yeah. They need to just process it and, you know, give them 30 minutes, whatever. Maybe by the time dinner time comes along, they're ready to talk. Yeah. And realize that most women, the minute they see their guy, oh, honey, how was your day? Let's get it out. Oh, and and I know, and that's difficult, and that's very difficult, and and women are doing that because they want to make that connection and show they care, but they need to realize it's not about you. It's not about that. It's about what the guy needs. Oh, that's good. We're going to come back with Val Baldwin. Um, If you want to go find Val, you can find her at valbaldwin.com. We're going to come back and try to figure out. More of just the differences that make uh, the main cause big problems, but don't have to in our relationships. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Keep up to date with BYU Radio's programming by liking BYU Radio on Facebook. You can check our page for BYU sports updates and information on our entertainment programming. Like us on Facebook at BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. GOP presidential candidate Mitt Romney is taking the day off to prepare for his appearance at the Republican National Convention. For the second day in a row, Mitt Romney had no campaign events and with his wife Anne again took a short trip from their New Hampshire vacation home to a nearby school to work on their convention speeches. I like my speech. I really like Ann's speech. While Romney practiced, running mate Paul Ryan was telling a rally in Wisconsin, the GOP ticket has the know-how to get the economy back on track. It's not too late to fix this country's problems. Mrs. Romney addresses the convention Tuesday, Ryan Wednesday, and Romney on Thursday, assuming the current schedule holds. Jerry Bodlander, Boston. President Barack Obama is also preparing for the Republican National Convention, but his efforts are focused on keeping everyone in the region safe during the coming storm. President Obama has spoken with Florida Governor Rick Scott, telling him federal officials are prepared to help ensure the safety of visitors at the GOP convention. Obama was briefed by FEMA Administrator Craig Fugate and Rick Nabb, the director of the National Hurricane Center. The White House says FEMA has already sent teams to Florida and Louisiana ahead of the storm to support state and local preparations. The agency is also consulting with officials in Alabama, Mississippi, and other states that could be affected. Kelly Adler, Washington. Syrian rebels are claiming responsibility for shooting down a regime attack helicopter. The attack helicopter crashed in a ball of flames near Damascus, according to a video posted on the Internet. It looks like Syrian rebels shot it down. The Syrian military has been using helicopters and fighter planes in its battles against rebel forces in several parts of the country. A few days ago, a MiG fighter crashed. 
Rebels say they shot it down. The regime says it had mechanical problems. The rebels aren't known to have anti-aircraft weapons. Mark Levy, Cairo. Aerospace legend and first man on the moon, Neil Armstrong, passed away over the weekend, and a memorial service has been organized. There will be a private service for Neil Armstrong Friday in Cincinnati, near where he lived. That's in keeping with the publicity-shy nature of the former astronaut who died Saturday at age 82. Ohio Senator Rob Portman, who considered Armstrong a good friend, will deliver the eulogy. Plans are being made to get him home from the Republican convention in Tampa in time for the service. There has been talk of a national memorial service for Armstrong at a later date, but a family spokesman says there aren't any details yet on that. I'm John Belmont. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about uh, the differences in um, our lives between men and women especially as it impacts our relationships, our romance, some of our uh, intimacy, our, our desire to be with each other. We are just so—it's interesting because it seems like we're so opposite, but maybe we're really not, um, Maybe and we maybe don't have to be. So we're talking with Val Baldwin, a relationship coach. Um, she has a website. You can go to valbaldwin.com. She does a lot of speaking to organizations and, and companies. She coaches uh, individuals and singles and companies on how to have better relationships, better communication. Thanks for being with us, Val. Absolutely. This is tons of fun, honestly, because uh, we don't have to – we don't have to just hate the difference. No, 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 no. We should honor and respect the difference and realize that we are an incredible complement to each other. Right. I mean, it that's takes what it's both. for. It takes both of us to, to, yes, make a great firm foundation here. What are some more of the differences and, and just kind of okay. the wiring issues? Oh, yes. Let me tell you about this. You're going to like this. All right. Let's talk about our romantic differences, yeah, okay? right. Like, now, by the way, just the word romance... Yes. So different between a man and a woman. I know. And we'll get there. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Like, I mean, I don't even know that men use that word. Probably not. Okay, let me say physical <laughs> intimacy differences. That would okay, be okay. That's, okay, that's like, what we'll Romance say. just sounds like, weird. What? Sounds like Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay. And we'll talk about that, too. If we <laughs> okay, have good. Time. Yeah. Okay, yes. Men and women are wired very differently when it comes to physical intimacy differences. Um, men are – okay, let's, let me start this way. Men are wired – with more testosterone. And we're yes. speaking generally speaking. Totally. Okay. With more testosterone. And so that is the sex drive enhancer. I know. I hate it. Well, no, you don't. Oh, it's no, incessant. No, okay. okay. It is. But that's – okay. So that's why typically men have a higher sex drive. Typically. Now, it goes both ways, right. of course. But I'm just saying. Okay. And um, that's that's why that is. Now, women, they're wired with more with uh, more estrogen which yes. is the emotions and feelings enhancer. Yeah, yeah. welcome to our I don't world like that guys. One either. Welcome to our world <laughs> guys. They both have their That's negatives, right. but they're both of, necessary of and they both have their positives. Of course. And for this reason, men are are wired visually, yeah. okay? Which makes them externally focused. Hmm. And I'll explain a little bit more. Women are wired feelings-wise and are internally focused. 
Okay. So that's why boys prefer seeing, when you think of romance, boys prefer seeing pictures of beautiful women. Why girls prefer reading romance yeah, novels. Yeah, romance novels. That? Many, many more women are reading romance oh, yeah. novels than men. Because it's internally mm-hmm. thinking about feelings. Men are wired visually. And that's – okay. And here's yeah. another reason why most guys will will stay dating a super hot model-looking girl even though she's high-maintenance yeah. and needy and whatever right. the case is. He'll stay with her longer because she, he's wired visually. Yeah, visually so it's working. Her. It's working. It's yeah. and, and And it also okay. raises his hierarchy. Yes. I mean he looks really good. If, you, if you've oh, got, got a really pretty girl. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Oh, see? Okay, but longer than a girl will stay with a handsome guy yeah. who's a jerk. You know, yes, she's going to be – yes, she's going to be attracted to him. But if he's a jerk, she's going to ditch him she's, sooner yeah. than the guy will ditch the gorgeous girl. It's also interesting because there is research out talking about how um, women are more likely to marry men that are less attractive yeah. if they're secure financially. If they're secure because women need that safety and security. Isn't that interesting? It's but the visual, it's – oh, yeah. wow. And a woman's priority is to be with a man who connects with her emotionally and makes her feel special. Yeah, that's, that's what she wants. That seems... So again, all singles want to be attracted to whoever sure. they're yeah. dating. Yeah. But are and and a lot of women go, well, "Why are guys so picky when it comes to, you know, how come they, do they all think that they have to have the runway model? Well, they're just wired visually." Right. And so I'm just saying, at the beginning, that's what's going to attract them. Well, and you kind of can that makes woman. sense to be wired visually. Like if I was the one that was supposed to be protecting and providing for the family, yeah, you know, you'd want that guy to be fairly visual. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't want him to be blind, and you also wouldn't want the guy that's supposed to kill the deer to be overly emotional either. Heck no, because he wouldn't I, be able to kill, kill I'd the deer. Be sad because the be deer sad. has mommies and daddies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, isn't that sad? So it yes. makes sense. It does. And, and then make too, sense. I guess it would make sense that if the female's going to be the one delivering the children and raising these children. She She'd want to be emotional. Emotions. Yes. Especially and feelings. Yeah, those are yes. cues from the Absolutely. Baby. Good. So let me explain the cycle. Okay. For all of you married people out there, or who those of you who will be married, buckle up. Okay. You go. really need to know this. Okay, this is huge. But this explains everything. Men, now that you know how we're wired, men connect emotionally because they want to connect physically. Right. Women connect physically because they want to connect emotionally. It's called the cycle. So here's an example. Here's an example if you're wondering, well, what does that mean? Okay. And this is where so many couples have have issues and problems because they're not meeting the needs of both of their needs. They've got a downward spiral. So this is like, okay, you got the married couple and the husband comes home and he's frisky. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he's going, honey, come on. I'm a little frisky. Right. And she's going, are you crazy? Have you even talked to me in the last two weeks? Do you even know what's going on with our son and his school right. and he's failing that class? And, yeah. and my sister-in-law is just draining me right now. And if you are not connecting with your ladies emotionally, guys, that's not forget gonna happen. it. Okay. You're not going to connect physically. Uh, that's what women need. That's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> well, sorry. Pretend you're interested. That's yeah, interesting. Just yeah, connect with us and talk to us and show that you care. Right. That's what we need. Now, Let's let's turn it around. Let's say a guy he hasn't you know he's married and he hasn't seen his wife in the yeah. bedroom. She hasn't been frisky and it's been a long long time. Yeah. Do you think he wants to sit down and talk about no the argument? We're not that even she, close. That, we haven't uh, even touched. She had with the right with the neighbor lady. No. If a guy's not connecting physically, he doesn't want to connect emotionally. So it takes both oh, of you. See that Step has caused up. more fights. Hello. 
So don't you think that really she should just meet his need first? Not necessarily, dude. I was just trying to sneak that in there. (laughs) See, that's the problem is we're both expecting the other to meet our need our way instead of just seeking to meet your need. That's right. But it takes both. Mm -hmm. And you both need to make the commitment and have the desire to have a fabulous relationship. And so you both need to meet each other's needs. Which says it's work. Yeah. But that's oh, see, well. that's why I think we make like these commitments, these covenants yes. that we legally bind us. Yes. Because once we all figure out that it's just I call it that that process, that cycle you're talking about is the mate and switch. Okay. <laughs> it's like the bait and switch. It's an illegal yeah. marketing practice. But it's what used to happen to us is um when we were dating we always talked to each other, of and we course. always touched each other. Of we course. always did. That's the new love stage, yeah. and that went, that goes bye bye. Well, um, research shows after about two years yep. that new love, that adrenaline rush, that oh my gosh, they're perfect, that dies down. Yep. But that's it. That's all good and fine. That's that new love stage, right? But then you get into the real love stage, and that's when you absolutely need to know how does your partner need to be loved, and you meet their expectations in the way that they both. Now, need. this is what you hear everyone say. Well, when's he going to meet my need? I'd meet well, his need help. if he'd meet my need. Yeah. Well, are you sure? Yeah, are you I... waiting? Are you yeah. waiting that long? Well, the irony too is we should meet their need just because it's important. And because they're important. Yes. Not necessarily because I want to talk or no, she not, wants to talk. We're touch. not keeping score. We just meet the need because they matter to us. Exactly. They should matter. And uh, that's the thing. One of the main reasons is that ongoing romance requires it requires commitment and conscious effort. Right. And that's what it takes. So but don't you think that's what's not That's not that's what's not, happening. That's not what's taught. I mean we what people say is you know what? Seriously, it shouldn't be this hard. Well, Love or, should be more natural I, and easy. If I, if I married the right person, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if I have to work on my marriage, I must have the wrong partner. Okay, that's that's. I've, there are six ways. Let's hear these. Okay, to keep your romance remarkable. Number one is check your attitude. Hmm. Okay, so the attitude is if you're saying I have to work on my marriage, I must have the wrong partner attitude. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah, lose Again, that. Again, as we've talked about, it takes daily effort. Right. And it can quickly and easily disappear. By the way, that negativity is a pretty big indicator because once you're starting to skew the, it negative, mm-hmm. then it's a sign you're on the slope. You're Absolutely. Sliding. And you both need, I mean, the door swings both ways. You mm-hmm. both need to get on track here yeah, and commit. Good. Number two, what, find out what does I love you mean to your, to your mate? To be a true romantic, oh, yeah. you have to see the world through your partner's eyes. I don't know if you guys have read The Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm. I love that yeah. that book. And find out what it is. It means to my wife, it means I love it because you're vacuuming. Okay. See, it just all depends. For one person, it might be hiking on a sunny afternoon. Another one, it true? might be this really deep, open conversation over dessert. Yeah. Find out. Ask specifically. Women, all you women listening in, Men are not mind readers. <laughs> you don't know probably any mind readers. Okay. And I'll come out of presentations and I'll have, you know, people ask, well, how come, you know, if you really love me, why wouldn't you know what I yeah, wanted or needed? Uh, hello. Yeah. No, you don't know what you want. Right. And you may change your mind tomorrow. Well, how long are we going to wait with her saying, if you love me, you'd vacuum, <laughs> and me saying, if you yeah, love me, you'd touch me? No. We're going to no. wait all night. Yes. Okay. Another uh, third way to keep the romance alive is you got to make it exciting. All right. There's the the love drug, which is I can never pronounce this quite right. Phenylethylamine. Yeah. What is so I don't you know. say? It. I can't say it. Phenylethylamine. Okay. That's excitement the love drug. restores the love drug to your system. It gets in your heart racing and your adrenaline fl- flowing, 
it, it intensifies your emotional bond. Mm-hmm. So do something exciting. Jump off a building. Well, maybe not that rock climbing, rock climbing, whitewater rafting, uh, you know, go to that's a karaoke those, bar. That's why those scary movies create that drug. Well, and you know what? In The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, those series, like when they're jumping off oh, and, yeah. they, and, they, and they choose to keep See, the, the crazy person. That's why. It's, that's That why. is one of the reasons. Because they just they, jumped off a cliff with a crazy person. That's right. <laughs> yes. But that causes that connection. Yeah. So do something. Add a, add a spirit of adventure to your relationship. And it's I a great way one. to keep romance and passion alive. Well, and, plus it's, you know, you're living on the edge. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. What's the worst thing that could happen? I don't know. Be safe. <laughs> yeah, be, be safe. safe. Don't kill yourself. Yes, no. Now, the physical affection factor, that's uh, another one. That's another another critical part of romance. I'm talking about you, kissing, yeah. holding hands, snuggling and hugging, some of the many ways that couples express their love. Now, physical affection is the glue that holds a relationship together. Does your partner know? How to touch you in the way that you like? If the answer is no, then show your partner what you like. That's great. Be specific. And non-sexual physical holding is important to both partners. Absolutely. If you add just five minutes of mutual holding to your relationship on a regular basis, you are more likely to experience a deeper level emotional bonding. And that's really just chemical. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's, I guess there's spiritual and emotional. Yes. But it's so much of that is just chemical. I mean, that's oxytocin. Exactly. That's uh, serotonin. That's endorphins. That's adrenaline. All these really cool chemicals start pumping through your system. Yes. And let me give a tip to the ladies because I'll have, when I'm teaching this, I'll have a woman go, well, what if, if I do that, if I start, you know, holding we always that, go there. then he thinks that yeah. I want the whole enchilada and I don't. I'm yeah. going, no, 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 no. Yeah. That doesn't mean. And in fact, if you feel that's the case, just tell him, say, sweetie, you are so handsome. I just want to give you a really good kiss. But that's mm-hmm. all I got time for right yeah. now. I don't want to leave John. Yeah. You know what I found? Just say it. Is yeah. if, if the guys knew that that was eventually going to happen sometime <laughs> regularly, they wouldn't need to check <laughs> under every rock to make sure when it's happening. Yes. So I've just found if, if we know it's coming, we can relax yes. but it's, it's kind of like and this is what happens is they don't want to touch because you know it always goes there and it always goes there because they never touch yeah so that's where i'm really big into setting sitting down with each other and we ought to schedule it we schedule when we want to be intimate we kind of have it at least in the ballpark yes of when it's going to take place you just nailed it that the, the sixth tip i wanted is that to the tell sixth? you is spontaneity is a myth i love that bottom line Blow is that it's up. critical to your relationship to schedule some fun and romance uh-huh. and whether it's intimacy as yeah. well because schedules get crazy oh and yeah so then all of a sudden your con- see then your chemical bonding takes mm-hmm. the back seat and then you're still supposed to make it through this crazy yeah. life together yeah yeah, no. you need to stay so chemically to... bonded. Absolutely. But I love let's blow up the myth for a minute because the world would tell you, no, it's all about spontaneity. But well, it's great if you can occasionally, oh, yeah. but the truth of the matter is if you've been married for a few years, hello. Oh, it's hard. You, you need to get it on the calendar. Now, one thing that I remember when I was early 30s, kids were little, and one of the ways that I the reason why I fell in love with my husband is he was such a great dater okay he and i my love language is quality time is okay? It? okay so the fact that he would think of something a wonderful place to go and doesn't have to be expensive heck no yeah. just that he all that energy took the initiative yeah. to it and uh you know we're working kids whole thing it wasn't happening okay yeah. so i didn't want him to feel horrible but yet Hello. step it up that's right. to, where's that guy that's right i remember that guy yeah. you know so um I proposed an idea that would be a wonderful win-win, I thought, for both of us. I said, okay, 
and I give this to a lot of my couples as an assignment, just once a month, one of you will be in charge and you're going to trade off every other, every other month. That's great. You create a surprise date. You, you tell them the you're date. You're in charge of it. You're in charge of it. You get deal. the babysitter. You get whatever it is. I don't care if you're flying kites at the park. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be expensive. Heck no. In fact, don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But you're in charge. And the, the whole surprise element, you just let your spouse know, this time, this is the date, and this is what you should wear. Oh, I love it. And you should eat or not eat. Yeah. Wear and shoes. Wear <laughs> shoes. And the other rule is the person, if you're the one being treated, you go with a happy face. You you make it great. You make it great. Love and it. who cares if... if you know, and, and try to do something that your spouse would yeah. love. But maybe your spouse, they love to go to the, the race car track and that's not your thing. But they planned it. You put the happy face on oh, and you go. Great. Yeah. How could you go wrong there? No, you can't. Yeah. And I did that for my husband. And then it seems and then it then it then it looks like you're really putting forth an effort. And you both are Not great. There's no assuming you're putting the time and the energy. And if you want to keep the romance alive, Matt, that's, that's it. what it takes. OK, see. OK, Val. Yes. That's huge. Yeah. Give us uh, – we got about 30 seconds. What's a challenge? I guess one thing is go plan your dates. But what's what's another challenge you'll leave us with to just make sure we're connecting? Try to think through – try to walk in your other – in your partner's shoes. Yeah. Show Always show respect. Always show appreciation. Those are huge. Yeah. Always show respect. Always show appreciation. Honor your partner. Um, do your – once a month date where you trade off. And another thing that's really bonding is um, once a week, this is a homework assignment I do a lot of couples to keep that love alive. Just once a week, go to bed together at the same time, yeah. 30 minutes early, yep. same time, and um, hold each other. Hold each other. You can talk or not yeah. talk. It doesn't mean that you're going to be intimate Should we or talk maybe about our carpool schedules for the next day? No, time? no. And another thing, or, or start a book. And read to oh, each and other in books. each other's arms. Yeah. And then you have something to discuss. And and just have hardly any clothes on. I think that's Because great. That, that touch, that mm-hmm. touch, the skin touch. Not to say that it's guaranteed you're going to no. get lucky that night. That's okay. But it's just that bonding yeah. time together. See? It's worth it. Relationships are worth it. It takes patience. Val, where have you been? Well, hello. I'm right here. Hello. Okay. Okay, Val Baldwin, we're bringing you back. We're going to have you come back and we're going to figure out, uh, get some feedback from our people. If you want to find Val Baldwin, go look up valbaldwin.com. That's her website. Great, great uh, coach, relationship expert. Thanks for joining us, Val. You bet. Got lots of free articles on there, too. That's great. Good stuff. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. The long wait is over and Cougar football is back on BYU Radio. First time in a long time. This Thursday, head coach Bronco Mendenhall and the Cougars open their season in the newly remodeled Lavelle Edwards Stadium as they take on Washington State and their new head coach, offensive wizard Mike Leach. All the way! Touchdown, Cougars! Pre-game begins at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time with kickoff scheduled for 10.15. Here on your home for Cougar sports, Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. In the world of flight, humankind is a newcomer compared to our avian comrades. So, maybe it's time to take a second look at how birds do fly right. 
This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Engineers at the University of Genoa in Italy have been testing how artificial feathers might improve a plane's performance. The focus isn't on a bird's long, stiff flight feathers, but rather a set of smaller feathers called coverts. Using a computer model, engineers coated the wings of a mock airplane with artificial bristles that mimic covert feathers. Testing in a virtual wind tunnel simulation showed that as the wind speed increased, the bristles started to vibrate in a similar way to real covert feathers, reducing the drag on the plane by 15%. The researchers explained that while artificial coverts could improve a plane's efficiency, they may need a self-cleaning system to mimic the way birds preen their feathers to ensure efficient performance. And if these fine-feathered planes could use bird seed to fuel their engines, a revolution in aeronautics would surely take flight. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're wrapping up the show as we've uh, been trying to understand the differences between men and women, especially when it comes to our intimate relationships, our romance. And uh, we just had uh, Val Baldwin on. Now, when people talk, they may not say exactly what they are saying, right? But they imply it through body language or intonation. We invented a game that tests to see if we can understand what people are really saying. This edition is mostly in the context of marriage and the relationship between man and woman. The following are situations that crop up in everyday life between people, and in particular in marriages. As we go through, we'll give you a moment to reflect on what you think the answer might be. Some of these situations are open to interpretation, but for the sake of argument, we'll give an actual answer. Here we go. Craig is driving down the freeway with his wife, Tammy. She asks, Are you thirsty? What was Tammy really asking? Tammy was really asking if Greg could find something for her to drink, either in the car or by pulling over to buy something. Julie went to pick up her husband Rodney from work. She pulls up and parks, but stays in the driver's seat with the seatbelt on and the car in gear. Rodney asks, Do you want to drive, dear? What was Rodney really saying? Rodney is really telling Julie that he wants to drive. Cindy is getting ready for a business dinner with her husband Joe and her boss. She asks Joe which pair of earrings Joe thinks looks best. What should Joe say? Well, because Cindy has probably already chosen the pair she thinks looks best, Joe should know that he has at least a 50% chance of getting the question right. His chances improve with how much he actually can read her body language and knows about her earring preferences. But Joe could just avoid the problem by giving the following answer. Which one do you like best? Jenny gets finished telling her boyfriend Lucas about some complicated feelings she has about a talk with her mother that didn't go so well. To which Lucas responds, Sure, honey. What did Lucas's response mean? Lucas. 
Lucas's response meant that Lucas wasn't really listening. Laura and Jim are sitting on their bed reading. Laura says, "It feels hot in here." Jim says, "Uh-huh," and keeps reading. Laura gets mad. What did Jim do wrong? When Laura made the observation that it felt hot in the room, she really wanted Jim to go and turn up the air conditioning or open the window. Sharon is getting a report ready for a department meeting the next day at work. Jack, her husband, asks, "Do you have any ideas for dinner?" Sharon becomes upset, and Jack gets confused. What happened? Jack is hungry and wants dinner, but knows that Sharon has been busy, so he wants to know if she wants to go out to eat or order something for delivery. Sharon thinks that Jack is asking why Sharon hasn't made dinner yet, which she feels insulted about because she's working hard on her case, and thinks that Jack can make dinner too. It's really just a messy misunderstanding. The truth is, we all speak in code. Men can point fingers at women for saying, "Fine, go ahead," when they really mean, "Don't you dare do that." And women can point out the inconvenient multiplicity of the male grunt, which could be anything from "yes," "no," "maybe," to "I'm hungry," "I'm upset," "I'm tired." Perhaps the best method is just to say what we mean, or whatever. I mean, it's not that important. You could just do what you want. I don't know. An excellent quiz. Appreciate、uh, Ian on that. That was、um, just—it really is. It's like speaking a different language, and I think as we talked about it with Val as well. I mean, one of the keys to this, and I guess to falling in love, is the fact that you're falling in love not with just a person with a bunch of differences. You're falling in love with this being, this person. And so, I guess one of the goals of the show that we want to make sure we always drill into our heads: the key to a relationship that's healthy, that's happy. It's not not having problems. Instead, it's just you being the best you you can be, and using your gifts and your talents, your you know the good parts of you, to go in and understand and better、um, care for those people around us. One of my favorite quotes that we use、uh, in our coaching with our couples that we work with is, "I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care." And then another favorite quote、um, is uh, by Mother Teresa, who says, "In order to keep,、um, in order to keep the lamp lit, you have to keep putting oil in it. And in order to keep a relationship exciting and lit and on fire, you have to keep adding oil to the lantern." And the relationship has value. The value is what's going on between you and those around you. So our challenge on the show: get out, understand your partner better, and just start loving them. Try to just love them simply because it's the right thing to do, and because you're a good person and you care about them. And eventually, what you'll find, the chemistry will usually follow. Thanks for listening to us today, folks. We are going to be back every Monday through Friday right here、uh, on the Matt Townsend Show. Join us again tomorrow on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio KBYU FM HD2 Provo. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation.